Oh no, test, testing, 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 test, 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 test. There we go, there we go. It's just I don't know if my normal speaking voice is going to be super loud. Uh, test, test, cool. Okay, awesome, 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 awesome. Cool, actually awesome. Cameron Goldsberry? What is that? It's coming up as Cameron Goldsberry. Your email address is, when I typed it in, Cameron Goldsberry is the name that it gives me. After I click it and it changes to a name instead of the email address. No way. What is going on? What does that even mean? (laughs) What? Your email address. I know, I know, I get it. That's so weird. Okay. If we use this uh, audio, we probably have to bleep out part of your... Yeah. Email address. Oh, yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> but that is crazy. That is so weird. Okay. That means that... Do you think that means that somebody got a hold of, like... That's not your email address. No need for roads? I said oh. Mr. Awesome Kid. Mr. Oh, wow. That must... That is a different person. Th- that's, wow. Yeah, th- th- that is so funny, because... That is so funny. Google just volunteered that person's name to me? Wait, what did you, what did you type in? I, I typed you in, typed in to send that to Mr. Awesome Kid at gmail.com and it was like, oh, you mean Cameron Goldberry? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It just like was like, oh, clear. I mean, Google's like, I, I, I'm going to take it from here. I know you mean Cam. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like when, like when autocorrect went for the Hail Mary. <laughs> yeah, I love that. What was it? What were the, that was so funny. Oh my gosh. Yes. we I know some crazy, some crazy, uh, capers what capers is that the right word just things that autocorrect does and it's just like are you kidding me autocorrect but that that takes the cake how's it Um, sounding through the pop filter yeah this pot i got a new pop filter and it is um it's good i mean i haven't i don't know i I maybe we might notice a difference um in post-production because Mm -hmm. i can't i don't have the ear memory i haven't been doing this long enough to have the ear memory of like of like pre and post pop filter, at least in the monitors. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess I am noting less, like noticing less, uh, fewer, um, what are those called? Consonants, <laughs> consonant pops, which yeah. is really what this is for, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, definitely. Consonants. And kind less. of those hard hits on the consonants. Talk, talk. Ooh, the yeah. sibilance. That's, that's what it's called. The sibilance. Uh, sibilance? Sibilance. Sibilance. Oh man, every time I say it, it's Sibilance. like hurting my... Like, let, let me look up how it's spelled. I'm wondering if it's like S-Y-B in there. Hmm, okay. Like, yeah, like S-Y, you know, S-I-B-I-L-A-N-C-E. Sibilance. Sibilance. Hmm. So, sibilant is a manner of articulation of fricative and affricative or affricative consonants made by directing a stream of air with the tongue towards the sharp edge of the teeth. Wow. Words such as sip, zip, ship, chip, and jump. Like, is it the first letter of those words or the first sound of those Mm -hmm. words? Yeah. Uh, But I, I mostly think of it as S sounds. Oh that yeah, there's definitely that like, yeah, that symbol like I know like symbol sound the like high, trebly, mm-hmm. like 
like sting. Yeah, well, it, it's a very cutting sound yeah, too. Cutting, it, cut, yep. it cuts through the other frequencies very effectively, even though you probably don't want it to. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I want my. I want my. Oh, no. I made my. I lost my. Uh, my following feature where I'm following the ticker. How do I change that on GarageBand? Um, I want to be able to follow the ticker. So you want to click, so where it says narration vocal, mm-hmm. uh, and there's like a plus sign on the top left. On the top right is like a little playhead. Mm-hmm. Oh, click, yeah. Click that playhead. Oh, cool. Awesome. All right. Um, well. Ready to jump in? Yeah, let's jump in. Um, oh, about like introducing ourselves. I have heard, I have heard podcasters like introduce themselves like pretty like every time I've heard that I've heard it done every time. And yeah. I, I like the green brothers mm. kind of introduce yourself. They say like, John, how's it going? He's like, wow, it's going good. Oh yeah. How's it going, Hank? Yeah. Oh my God. We, yeah. We could just refer to each other by our names. Wow. Just being meta about it. Oh yeah. How could we like. How can we in, how can we treat what should be just normal fly of the cuff uh, communication? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, just for just for listeners to know the difference between our voices and who is talking to have me, is it necessary to have a name for the voice? Or people could just like be like, oh, that guy with the that guy with the how? Oh wow! How do you think people would describe our voices using words? Like the guy with the, with the higher sounding voice. Like, is that is would it be as simple as that? Are, are you the guy with the higher sounding voice? Yeah, I'm thinking so. Right? I don't know. I think I think your lower tones come through better than mine. Wow. On, uh, on the podcast, and I, and I think my voice has been incredibly muddy. I think mine's a muddier voice. I think yours is a cleaner voice. Mm. Yeah, I think I like just yeah. just in general. Yeah, and and having to cut out frequencies to get rid of this buzz in my ears um, makes my voice even muddier, which I haven't been happy with at all. Do do you still get that buzz right now? Are you getting the buzz? Yeah. Is that just a Yeti thing? It's an issue with this mic. Oh, that specific. Let's just jump into the follow-up. Yeah, I know. I was going to say, let's just go from there. Jumping into the follow-up. So Yeti, um, after like... Okay, where to begin? I guess from the last podcast. So my original plan was, hey, I bought this at Best Buy. Um, I'll, I'll just I'll just return it to Best Buy and just exchange it. I don't want my money back. I'll just I'll just exchange it. Surely they'll do an exchange. Yeah, how long ago was that? Does that does that to Best be- Buy's return policy turns out is like fifteen days. Wow. Well, I w- I would assume it was way shorter than the time we've had it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, 15 days is pretty short though. Yeah, it's pretty short. I I, I would think at least 30 days, sometimes Um, 90 days. I think their idea is they just want to kind of force you into, um, big purchases, big things. No, no, no. Force you into using the, uh, the manufacturer warranties. They don't want to have to deal with people returning stuff all the time. Oh, and so, so they're forcing you to use manufacturer warranties, which manufacturers make for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's for like a lot of a- analytics and. Well, is- well, they have the like they they warranty the things because there's definitely a likelihood that things are going to be defective 
that things are going to be shipped and that they're not going to be uh, like in perfect condition right via the, because of the shipping process not, not uh, even the shipping know. process just the manufacturing process they're not going to make things oh, 100% every correctly time. every time oh yeah wow do you hear that noise oh yeah marley's digging hold on marley stop digging Trying to dig through the carpet. What, uh, what goes on in the minds of dogs? I know. I wonder if there's some they're, instinct. They're like, instinct. Thing. Instinct. Yeah, for instinct. real. Instinct. They're like, just like it feels good like, on my claws. You're 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 inside. This is carpet. You can't dig anywhere. You've never been able but, to. Below this is is like a foot of concrete foundation. You can't yeah. dig anywhere. What are you doing? Watching her bury a bone is adorable, though. Yeah, like finding just like finding solids. That aren't very movable <laughs> to just kind of pile on top of a bone. Like the edge of a pillow and just kind of <laughs> shoving the edge of a pillow over top of a bone. That's, you know when she's looking for something because she's digging at nothing. Yeah. And you're like, are you looking for your bone and hoping that the bed just opens up? <laughs> I, I know that I put my bone somewhere on this bed. The, yeah. the blankets have shifted and now I have no idea where the bed <laughs> was. Yeah. It's not the same exact look. That I remember. Okay, go back to yeah. So um, yeah. so anyway, so that was my original thought was was go through Best Buy. Can't because of the return policy. Okay. Cool. So I contact Yeti. I, I fill out a request for mm. for like possible repair and explain what the problem is. And um, so the, 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 their actual f- first response was was like. It's probably fastest uh, if you just return the product. How long have you had it for? And I was like, well, I've had it for way too long. Are you getting a person emailing you this stuff, or is that yeah. a robot? Yeah, a person. His oh, name good. is Tyler. Cool, cool. And so I, I email him back, and I'm like, hey, Ty. I didn't call him Ty. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm like... T-Dog. Yeah, T-A-T. <laughs> um, but I email him back. And I'd say, you know, that that's not gonna gonna work to return it. I, I'm very sure that this microphone is failing, at least in a couple of its functionalities. Two out of four, half failed. Mm-hmm. And 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 so at this point, I just I just want to return it and exchange it. And so um, he emailed me back and he's, and he's like, okay, the only thing we need is proof of purchase. So I took a picture of of the receipt. And emailed it back to him, and th- this all this whole process took like nine days because like he'd wow. email me, and then I'd for like I forgot to take a picture of the receipt for a couple of days, and then I finally emailed it back to him, and then I didn't hear back for a couple of days, so finally um, got approval earlier this week, uh, I think on Tuesday to return it. Good. Wow. So I, I wanted to wait. Hopefully, I'll put it in the mail tomorrow. That's my plan. I wanted to wait to be able to record if we were going to record this oh, week. Oh, yes. Oh, I'm so glad you kept it then. Um, yeah. So that we could record, and then uh, hopefully next time we go to record, I'll have a new microphone. Awesome. Yeah. So And like if if need be, we could both hop on the Sterling. Yours. It would probably be the best sounding podcast we have yet. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe, yeah. With, and you'd, oh, my gosh. EQing would be... Well, maybe actually, I have actually, different voices. That, uh, yeah, I was going to say that. I think that's the main reason we we want to be able to record with two different microphones. True that, so that we can EQ the voices individually. But yep, good point. So yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's kind of where we landed. Okay, with the Yeti. that's good. You d- you didn't tell me that until right now. I know I withheld Purpose. it from you. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. I'm I've been. Oh my gosh. 
I feel like, oh yeah, I wanted to tell you like that's that's like a that's like a slightly meta thing. Mm-hmm. I love going. I love talking about meta stuff. I actually learned more about that one day while I was subbing uh, two days ago. That's a fun story. That's really cool. Um, that that's actually one of the topics that I'd like to get into is, is, yes. is subbing. Well, really quickly, meta wise. Yes. This is so we can go meta here, then we can circle then, back around to yeah, subbing. Yeah. Um I was I was texting our friend Levi. Well, actually I told Levi that that we have a podcast and he was like I said, Yeah, we have three episodes so far. This is the fourth one. Yes, sir. But um he was like, What? How come you haven't told me that you that you have a podcast? And I was like, I'm sorry. He's like, I'm going to, what is it? What is it? I'm going to listen. You know, like he's like, he's so cool and, and like so eager to like, to like give feedback. And I was like mm-hmm. blown away by that. So, and he's always been like big on creative endeavors. Like if you yes. have a creative endeavor, he wants to yes know more about it and, and, and see it and experience it. Yeah. Yep. As a matter of fact, he's, uh, currently pursuing a vlog. That's his latest, mm. his latest endeavor. Like I invited him to, um, to like a hangout thing that I was like already going to. Yeah. And, uh, he was like, mind if I bring my camera? And I was like, um, so, uh, sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't, yeah. Why? Like why? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and, um, he was just like, I'm starting a vlog and I'm like, wow, yes. Awesome. Um, cool. And, I mean, I still was like, this has got to be new. And he had only done one, one, one episode, one like video so far. And this would, would have, this was going to be his second one. So I was like, sure, let's see how this goes. And he ended up, um, like he ended up doing like doing really well. He like talked to a few of us and hmm. just like, yeah, asked great question. It's just, it's going to be, it's going to be a really cool, um, video blog that, that's cool I, can we give levi some love here and put yeah put his I, I wish i knew the, the ah i need to text him i'll, I'll text okay, him okay we'll, we'll put it in the description yeah in the show notes and what um, is your vlog channel this is live podcasting right here yeah what is your vlog channel i'm gonna i'm gonna ask him that right now he is usually good at uh yeah, responding we, whenever you get that response quickly. back we'll <clears throat> we'll put um, it in what is your vlog channel called we're you, you don't have to. You don't have to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I want to tell everybody. You, you could have just used Siri. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm already, I already have the, um, the message up where he gave us, this is what I was going to, this is what I was going to come back to. Um, he gave me feedback. Oh, and I really? To he listened, read it. he listened to one. Yeah, he listened to like two. Oh yes, and, and I th- and he was like starting the third one. He like he 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 works at U-Haul. He's a an an analytics tester or like a quality tester. What is that called? Like quality assurance. Quality assurance. He's quality assurance, and he types all day and listens to podcasts. He knows like mm. all podcasts, and I was like, that's amazing. Mm. Podcasts have to be like his TV. Somebody who just veges in front of the TV for forever. They know like most of TV, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like as long as, you know, and I was in like, he just listens to like 15 podcasts a day or something like that, you know, just like yeah. so many podcasts. And so ours was just like easily another one of those. And he had like some really quality feedback, feedback. Okay. I'm actually, I'm actually at it. Here we go. I'm going to, is this, is it weird if I just like read the, no, read it. Okay. Here we go. He said this was uh and side note um if anybody is listening and responds on Reddit or Twitter 
we are more than willing to read your stuff on Abs- air too. Yeah, absolutely. Feedback is like super welcome. Okay, he said uh, this is this is like real time. Um, I mean, real time at the time that after like he came like to that thing that I was going to, you know what I mean? And then, mm-hmm. and then did, the, uh, did the, uh, vlog, did the vlog stuff. Um, he said, okay, wow. Okay. Hey bud, had fun at that thing. Uh, you guys doing any outreach stuff soon? Oh, he was talking about, cause it was like a church thing and he was asking and I was, oh yeah, hold on. Let me keep going. Um, he's, just, I mean, I could just read through this. I said, yes, I'm so glad you came. It was so fun. I can let you know whenever we meet downtown. And what do you mean by outreach? And he said, like charitable, charitable shiz. Oh, BTW. I listened to your podcast and I was like, oh yeah, tonight there's an event. I just told him about the charitable shiz (laughs) and, uh, and, but, but I was like eager to jump on that. Oh, BTW. I listened to your podcast and I said, yes. What did you think? And he said, it's really good. I usually have a hard time listening to friends projects but I really enjoyed it. I said, dang, that's awesome. I'm so glad it was interesting. He said, I do think you guys argue far too long on any given topic. This was, this was mm. talking probably more to the first, the episode. first episode. Yes. I think you guys argue, argue too long for too long on any given topic. And then he continued like you guys are re- are trying to actively persuade each other like real life in a podcast. You should uh, you should only go long enough so that each side can be understood properly and then kind of move on. Dang. Yeah. I said, wow, such a good point. I could see it coming across as cringy or at least that's how I see it when I viewed it, when I viewed it in that light, like based off of what he said, I was like, Ooh, mm-hmm. that sounds kind of cringy then. And then I was like, yeah, I think it'd be important to fully sum up our own ideas and then settle on those things. My, like my, what I was saying to him, like totally doesn't really matter because like I, <laughs> it was just me going like, okay, thank you for that feedback. But like, trying to word it in a way that's like, I knew that, you know? Okay. So he said, it wasn't even cringy. I, it, it was just like, okay, I get it. I've sided with one of you. And now while you argue, ooh, I find myself ooh. thinking about other things. Which one did he side with? Oh, I don't know. I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't really like, do you think, do you, I don't know. I just, I just, <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. Like I, I get it. Like the listener had already sided with yep. one of us, you know? Yep. And he said, uh, and now while you argue, I find myself thinking about other things. He said, I felt that the most with Shia LaBeouf. Um, and yep. he like, yep. That first episode, that was, that was a, uh, that, that was a hard one to get our feet wet with podcasting. Yeah. I mean, it, I thought it was, I thought it was really fun and really stimulating, really engaging. There were a couple lulls, but like for the most part, it was like my jam. Yeah. I mean, th- th- those are the type of arguments that we, 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 we we have for like four straight hours while yeah. trying to oh watch gosh, a single yeah. episode of SNL and we go off on a tangent. Yep. So yeah, we've, we've, uh, we've spent like probably, I don't know, accumu- an accumulated like 50 hours watching like 10 episodes of SNL. <laughs> no, wait, no, that's like we, five we hours. We started one on Sunday and we got through like the first skit. Yeah. And then we just talked. Yep. Something something caught our attention. We talked yep. and then he had to go and that was it. <laughs> yes. Oh, he, he, go, he goes on. That being said, it was still a really good podcast. Thank you. Better than a lot of ones I listen to every week. Frank. Wow. Yeah. Blown away. I said, I see. And it was kind of crazy for us to record for almost two hours. I was like, wait, thank you, Levi, for sticking through that whole yeah. thing. Like, um, 
He was like, yeah, LOL. I really liked the latest one, which was the third the one. Third I think listen to the fir- first and the third one. And I said, wow, thanks for that feedback. That would be so good for Justin to hear. I feel like we improved in the second one and didn't have as much dissension. I said, you liked the third one? He said, I've only listened to one and three so far. I was mm. like, oh, nice. Thanks for listening to so much. I liked the, the I liked two the most so far. And what other podcast do you listen to? And that was when he told me he listens to all of them and about his job and how he listens to them a lot. Dang. But yeah, I thought that was some really good Man. feedback. Yeah. Levi, thank you so much for... Yeah. Uh, it, it, it means a lot to have somebody else listening to these. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, I need to circle back and talk to Levi about podcasts because I too listen to a butt ton of podcasts. Yeah. That is a huge, huge part yeah, of my... Yeah, surely he listens to like probably half, at, I, at least half of the podcasts you listen to. Uh, he probably listens to more, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which is which yeah. is mind-blowing to me because I listen to so many podcasts, but we probably have very similar tastes in podcasts yeah. just based on everything I know about Levi for yeah. the last 10 years. I think he, he listens to a lot of programming podcasts, which is so interesting. I'm thinking like, Huh, you could... You like could, computer programming podcasts? Yeah. Like Accidental Tech Podcast. He probably listens to Accidental Tech Podcasts. Oh, probably does. Wow. Does, does Accidental Tech talk about, like, programming? Yeah, like yeah. Languages two, and stuff? Two of them are iOS developers. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, but but it's it talks about programming in the same way that Top Gear talks about cars. Yeah. Like, you don't need to know anything about programming. It yeah. just wow. okay. is a very entertaining show. That happens to be centered a lot around Apple and iOS and app hmm. development and tech Inter- stuff. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sh- like, yeah, yeah, for sure he would find like that super interesting. But I'm even thinking that he listens to like even more like niche pod, like niche programming podcasts, like yeah. where they're almost entirely speaking that language, <laughs> that, that like code language. <laughs> now, what you want to do here is do your slash paragraph and then, uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't He's know. Like, so I learned pretty much how to like add a wallpaper to your website. <laughs> no, he's like on super more advanced stuff. Now. I don't know. Like, it's like, such a different our, world. our limited knowledge of it only allows us to <laughs> yeah. like barely talk about something that we yeah. think might be programmed. Think about how interesting, like how many things are there like that in the world that we speak as if we like know things about, and we probably know a pretty good chunk of things about this or that, but like that world is probably so much bigger like programming, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh yeah, it's like a bunch of like commands you're sending, but like, oh my god. Yeah, gosh. have you ever tried to learn a programming language? No. Oh my gosh. I don't know it if my so brain hard. works that way, like Rubik's Cube stuff yeah. and stuff like that. I, algorithms. Yeah, so like, I mean, it's really aptly named a language, it is is definitely like learning another language. Wow. And And so after I watched the social network for the first time, Mm-hmm. As one does, um, I downloaded the. <laughs> Christian just rolled a natural one while drinking. Oh yeah, and uh, died. So wow. this is now a solo podcast. Wow, that was probably the grossest sound we've had on this podcast yet. <clears throat> Uh, or most podcasts that I've ever had. That wow. was devastating. Yep. Sorry about that. I just choked a little bit on a drink. So I'm cool. But I spent, I spent months with like different books and online stuff and inspired by the social network, inspired by the social network. I, I stayed up all night several times my sophomore year of college, uh, 
with my headphones on in a dark room, listening to the social network soundtrack, mind you. Um, oh yeah. Um, just, just programming the simplest, simplest things. And it was Reznor, Trent Reznor. Yeah. Sorry. Trent Reznor and Atticus the, Ross. The yeah. Atticus Ross. That's right. And, uh, yeah, it just, it's tough. It, it's, it's, I never really was able to latch on to it. Yeah. Why? Uh, I, it's just, it's I don't just know. so much work. It's it is. so it's much a lot like, of, Submersion, immersion, that's the word. Mm -hmm. So much like you just got to be like, that's got to be your life. You got to have pretty much no life but coding for like probably a solid week or two, you know, in order to like get the fundamentals and be able to like build upon those at a more casual pace. Yeah, definitely. But at least you need that, that like really, really strong foundation for a bit. Yeah. Like same with like learning Spanish. Once you get like certain like uh, like a bunch of verbs under your belt conjugation and stuff like that you can pretty much get by you know what i mean like i mean verbs and then some like a bunch of vocabulary to a chunk of vocabulary mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then it all kind of like works itself out you can you can you can like approach it at a more casual pace at a certain point i'm sure i mean i haven't like dedicated a ton of time to learning a language but yeah. i'm sure programming would be similar yeah i i i'm sure it would be like um adding new vocabulary to uh, Spanish for me is, is pretty easy. Um, yeah. Wow. And, and like, I find myself being able to say stuff where I don't really remember, like, like, man, what tense, what tense am I saying that verb in? I don't know, but I think this is correct. Mm. You mm-hmm. know, because there's just a basis of knowledge there that I built up over like, Oh my gosh. Hold on, my microphone just made a really weird sound. I hope it doesn't just critically fail right now. Oh, yeah, hopefully not. Yeah, I built up a basis of knowledge from which to draw from, from like second grade up through my senior year of wow. high school. You were, that was, that was, oh my gosh, that so was I have great so exposure. many things just completely ingrained. Like I can just keep counting and counting and counting and counting in Spanish with yes. no issues. That's amazing. You know, I can say the, I can spell things in Spanish, like, so because you know the like Latin and how that works. No, no, like, like, like I can just like, like maybe, right. Or, oh, you just know the language well enough to where it's like, I know that like, that's like probably that, a the alphabet is that. as second nature to me as the English alphabet. So like saying okay. the, the names of letters in Spanish, I don't have to think about it. It's just, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, so second nature. I don't high school. Did you take Spanish in high school? Yeah. All four years. Yeah. I took French, um, first two years, man, not enough, man. That's not enough. That's not enough language. You need, you Mm -hmm. need like at least probably, I don't know, at least probably like five years of, of the same language. Did you take Spanish in grade school? Yeah. But like up, like not until fifth grade. Oh, no, actually I don't even think I took Spanish in fifth grade. I feel like I started maybe in sixth grade. Mm. sixth grade and then seventh and eighth and then nope nothing else oh and it's such a bummer Mm. because i really wish i had like that just basic exposure yeah till i I still remember like songs from videos that we watched in like third grade wow well like Like, where i've where i feel like i've lacked in in the spanish language i love the beach do it again what is that me gusta la playa i love the beach me gusta la playa I actually, uh, the Spanish teacher at the school I sub at, I was asking, 
I was like, cause she said, thank you. Or, thank you for this or that. And I was like, de nada. And, she, and I was like, well, I was, I was like, you're welcome. Uh, I mean, de nada. And she was like, oh, <laughs> and I was like, wait, what is, how do you say my pleasure in Spanish? And she was like, El gusto mm, encanta. Mio. Oh, encanta. Yeah. Encanta. Yeah. yeah. And I was yeah, like, encanta. Encanta. Like for a female encanta. In, in, yeah. For it's male, like, encanto. it's like enchanted. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's like, I'm, but, del- I'm but, delighted. But like idiomatically, like that is a perfectly acceptable use. Awesome. Yeah. Like, like, um. Yeah, I guess what, what I said, Augusto's meal is more of a like like greeting. You meet somebody and you say like, "Oh, I the, am, the the ple- it's a pleasure to meet you, mm, Augusto's mm. meal." So basically, um, I'm I'm thinking that even though I didn't uh, dedicate the time to like Spanish or like another language to like mm-hmm. learn it super well, I feel like I've made up for that in my probably in my understanding of the English language, mm. I would say I just love the English language so much. And I yeah probably have an above average like desire to mm. just like understand the complexities of English. And um, I mean, like probably it's below the level of like people who are actively like trying to use new vocabulary of English and stuff in their, in, the, in their, you know, daily yeah. vocabulary. But I just, uh, I just love grammar. I don't know. Just thinking about it, like in conversation and stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm not like, I not, you know, I'm not like using it all the time. I'm not like constantly using perfect grammar. I just am fascinated by it and I love it. Hmm. Yeah. Two, two, two thoughts real quick. Like one, I totally agree. I think English is a fantastic language. I think yeah. part of the reason English is such a great language is because it has very, very specific rules that I think are more ambiguous a lot of times um, in other language. Ambiguous might not even be the right term for that. Did you say but, rules? Yeah, so yeah. there's very specific rules in the English language, but almost unilaterally you can ignore them if you have a good reason to. And so you get this, you get this weird mix for the English language of like things making very good sense or being very clear, even while ignoring the hard and fast rules. And so you can say things very precisely in the English language but I feel like it's still important to know those rules so that you can, just yes. like with anything, it's, it's to like know you, the you basics. Have to know, you have to know the basics well to be able to manipulate them for your purposes. Oh, absolutely. I and, love that. And, and so like um, when we were going over a lot of poetry in high school, uh, one of my favorite poets uh, is Pablo Neruda. Have you ever read any Pablo Neruda? No. Oh, my gosh. It's, all, it's entirely in Spanish, though, isn't it? So he's a Spanish poet, yeah, and and he's a very good poet, like maybe amongst the best, considered amongst one one of like the best like in poets in general of all time. Definitely like like mid nineteen hundreds poet, early, early to mid nineteen hundreds poets of all. time. Oh, I didn't realize he was that old. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I think he passed away not too too long ago, but like probably before we were born. Cool. Okay, would be I my mean, guess. <laughs> that's just like, cool cool but awesome. not for him um cool and like a now i know it 
kind of way. Right. Yep. Yeah. But but yeah, like I I I really like Pablo Neruda, and there's definitely like reading his poetry in Spanish is definitely a because Spanish can be manipulated just like English. Spanish can be, but not in the same ways. That right, English can. It's a different culture, and, and, or something. and there's like, there's like a beauty in those languages. There's a reason those languages, Latin-based languages, are called love languages. Um, the language of love, or languages of love, or like, that? like, um, don't they call? Isn't that a, is that a thing? I, I think that's yeah. A the thing. languages of love. I, I haven't heard them called like the love Latin, languages. Latin languages. So Latin-based yeah. languages. So like Spanish, French. Italian, Portuguese. I've thought of Spanish, I mean, uh, French mostly being the language of love. But like, I'm sure Latin based kind of. I I, I think it's Latin based. Yeah, for sure. Where English has some Latin roots, mainly a Germanic based language. Um, And so in structure, we kind of get a, we don't have the musicality of the Latin based languages in English, but wow. Yeah, you're right. Wow. But we are able to say things very precisely and able to make up things uh, in a way that I don't think other languages lend themselves to. Oh yeah, some of our most hilarious, and I mean, I mean, hilarious in the most, in probably the driest sense, our most hilarious like authors and poets um, manipulate the English language in the most English-specific ways. Yeah, like. Um, the Phantom Tollbooth is a more obscure example, but like you got Lewis Carroll with Alice in Wonderland and all that mm-hmm. whole like saga. Like he's he goes so silly, like yeah, um, like like where you're trying to go is exactly where you're heading and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. we, like weird stuff that you like that any other language learner would be like. Well, it would be super complex and it would be great for them to learn, but it would be pretty like pretty like over the heads of most like pure other language and speakers. I think we definitely find idioms in other languages that, that would broaden the complexity of our understanding of those languages. Right. And maybe even of the English language. Sure. And, um, every, like when I learn some idiomatic phrases and I'm struggling to, I'm grasping to try to think of, uh, an idiomatic phrase, I guess El, right Gusto, El, El Gusto is Mio. Is the, the kind like, of apple of my eye thing in uh, in Spanish. In Spanish, yeah. I told you about that one. I knew about that. That was a pr- that's a pretty big one that I like knew. Well, that I like learned pretty. Like, I, I told quickly. you an idiomatic phrase like two weeks ago in Spanish because something corazón. Because er- every naranja de, la, de mi corazón or something like that. Is that what it is? Or orange of my heart. <laughs> no, 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 no. Manzana de mi. I don't know. Apple of my heart. I know something like that. Something weird like that, right? Um, Orange yeah. of my heart. <laughs> That's the next. The next uh, song is by Rush. It's called Naranja de Corazon. You are the orange of my heart. <laughs> That's so random. Why Rush? I don't know. Yeah, it, oh, it, it's very interesting that you would have re- reached for Rush. I just feel like that's that such moment. like an old like. Really refined Man, rock band. Rush title is still sometime. cooking. They're still innovating. They come out with new stuff. Oh dang! Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I'm just thinking like classic Rush. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, they don't hate on Rush. I love Rush. I love. I love Rush. I know too. I mean, like, I admire and respect them. But yeah, idiomatic phrases definitely um, 
lend themselves to a deeper understanding of the language. I think, uh, like, in English, we see William Shakespeare as, like, the primo example, and then people like Ernest Hemingway as as secondary examples, at least in my mind, um, as being these literary figures who they literally make up these words that after their use in literature are now just words in the English language. Right. Wow. Yeah. And, and Shakespeare's accredited with, with like making up how many words, like, like probably a thousand words. Shakespeare. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a thousand plus words. Wow. That, that, that we now just see fully as words. Like ways of manipulating words he's made up. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and so I think from what I can tell, and I'm by no means an expert, the English language lends itself to those type of lingual uh, innovations. Linguistic innovations. Linguistic innovations. That's a very good way to say that. Uh, that I don't think other languages accept as readily as English does. Like even with their own language? So like people yes, are just like yes. screwing around with their language. So like what I mean by this is the ending of the word ending mente in Spanish, like igualmente. Rapidamente. Rapidamente. Uh, that that's like that's like Lee in English. That's like what? Lee. Like quickly, rapidamente. Oh, Lee. oh the the what is that called? The it's, well, I don't know. I don't like, I don't even know what it's called. Yeah. For two people who claim to really love the English language, we're really <laughs> struggling to... I, was, uh, I think I was teaching third graders that today. <laughs> I was. <laughs> <laughs> but I think in English, you can, add, you can add parts of speech to words that aren't necessarily recognized uh, as usually having those endings, uh, like Lee. Um, like, like you're wearing that headphonely. Like I don't. Yeah. The, like it, it's descriptive of the way that you would wear headphones, but you're not necessarily wearing wow. headphones. So it, you can add that to nouns. Like yeah, like you can take a noun, add that to it, and use it as an adje- adjective to describe the person. That's amazing. But, but I don't think other languages lend themselves to doing that. I think you do that. Spanish does that. I well, feel like, well, I'm right? saying, I, th- I think you do, you could do that in Spanish. And I think Maranzamente. people, no, not wait. What, what is, what is apple? Manzana. Manzanamente. Like you could do Apple-y. that. You look like very apple. Like, like you could look at something, and describe it. Like that looks kind of apple. Interesting. And nobody's but, but, like going around saying that like, looks apple-y. like, or like you look at like a tech product specifically and say that looks apple-y and you're talking about the tech yep. company. Like that is a very acceptable way to say something in English. Everybody's going to know what you mean. Um, I don't think that the way other languages uh, develop really lends itself to that being an acceptable use of the the word ending. Like, I don't think people would say, eh, you know, the, it, it looks un poco manzanamente, a little you're saying that, that mente 
takes that role in Spanish. Well, mente is is like the equivalent, like word ending. But what is is the difference between rapido and rapidamente? Like fast and quickly. Fast and quickly. Yes. Okay. Wow. And and so, um, like while that mente serves the same function as ly in English. In English, you can just slap L-Y onto the end of things. And in Spanish, I don't think people would be as readily to accept, um, like, oh, yeah, I totally get what you mean. They, they kind of look at you, you know, puzzled. Like, like I... Like or maybe I, like a nerd? Like, like maybe would they, be they like, like, come like on, Maybe they kind weirdo. of understand what you mean, but it's not... It's not like an accepted use. Hmm. Where in English, we just go, oh, yeah, that does kind of look apple That's cool. Interesting. Well, I mean... Like, I mean, we, can in, play in, hard, we can play hard and fast with the rules in English in a way that we can't really do, I don't think, in other languages. Except German, where they just, like, take a thousand words, smash them together as one word, and call it a word. Right, yeah. It's like, it's like in German, I feel like a sentence could be could be like you could you could like you could smash it together put a sentence a into a word and and that word would be understood like now to mean word. the now same thing that word. whole sentence means yeah and, that's and, so interesting and, and, and maybe that's maybe that's the germanic roots of the english language shining through in a lot of ways yeah meaning like because because like ultimately like linguistics are so secondary to meaning like all like well in the, general the purpose of language and the reason we have rules behind language is to convey meaning i love that and, that's and, so and that, beautiful that's the whole purpose of language it's just like money like the reason we have money and agree that money is worth anything is that money functions purely as like bartering would suck it, like i want that that apple and so I'm going to go. Apples, man. I know. Apples. Our mind is on apples now. <laughs> uh, like, I want the apple, so I'm going to go, like, barter with things that I own to get that apple. Like, that That would be a crappy way to do things. Yeah, because we need, so we money, need some sort of units. Money just th- is there to facilitate the exchange of good, goods and service, services. S- similar to, like, linguistics. Language yep. is there to facilitate the exchange of meanings and understanding that is so amazing yeah like if you're if you have a thought in your head you you all all you really need because a thought in your head isn't isn't bound to language it's not chained to language a thought in your head is chained to a meaning yeah and in order to express that thought perfectly convey that thought i'm just building on what you're saying Mm -hmm. in order to fully convey that thought you just need this medium that we call English for right. English speakers. We call language ultimately for humans. That's an amazing thing. Well, let's uh, move on to the next thing of po- follow up. Um, your pop filter. Oh, my pop filter. Okay, so um, just quick, I, quickly describe the saga of. I've got my Yeti saga. Yep. What's Christian's pop filter saga? Here we go. Yep. Changing. Changing. Uh, Changing gears real quick to just technical stuff. Uh, when I was, for Christmas, I think I just asked for a bunch of money. And with all that money, I didn't know what to spend. Like, 
I didn't know what to fully ask for. And then once I got a bunch of money, I was like, what should I spend it on? Oh my gosh, recording equipment. Yes. So I loaded up. Uh, I loaded up all my guitar center and musician's friend uh, shopping carts with, I got this interface. I, I shopped around for a few interfaces. I, in fact, I got one and then I took it back and then I, and then I got a new one because I compared and stuff. And I ended up with this Focusrite uh, Scarlet Solo. It's awesome. And uh, I got a Sterling ST51 microphone. Um, it's awesome. It hasn't failed me yet. I am. It just made it kind of, it's weird. It makes my heart. Are, you, are you rubbing it in? It hasn't failed you yet. Uh, oh, that's funny. No, I didn't. I mean, I'm you just bought thinking, half of this Yeti, buddy. Half of this Yeti is yours. <laughs> yeah, for real. For real. Half of that Yeti is broken, which is so funny. That's a language thing. Oh my gosh. Your, your half is broken. My half is working fine. <laughs> my, <laughs> yes, that's true. The, the, my half of the Yeti is broken. Yep. That's so funny. Yes, because we... Okay, that's funny because we split the cost of that Yeti. Yeah. And it's funny because like... Half of like, it is broken. The one that Justin's using works totally fine. And that's... It's his microphone. But this isn't the one I want to be using. I want to be using the cardioid. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. What are you using right now? You're using stereo? Stereo. That's so funny. Yeah. Uh, Blue Yeti. We talked about that in the last episode, how the Blue Yeti has like four functions. One of them is cardioid, then stereo, then interview mode which is like a figure eight which front and back front and back and uh omnioid something about like all directions omnidirectional omnidirectional that's like omnioid um, big old like it's funny because room. you just said omnioid and i knew what you mean yeah <laughs> language oh my gosh oh the english language is beautiful um but i only know the english language for context and i can still i can still admire it um but not as like when you say beautiful it's not necessarily auditorily beautiful say mm-hmm. the words that you said just now didn't wow. didn't like tickle my ears but mm-hmm. it's beautiful in the ways that you can manipulate a different it to kind convey of specific meanings yep say that again wait it's beautiful in that i can what like it's beautiful not necessarily in the way that it sounds when it hits your ears but that you can manipulate it to convey very specific meanings yep yep and i love that so much anyway so when I was when I was ordering all of these goodies for recording equipment, you know, I got the microphone, I got the interface, which is what that Scarlet Solo is. And uh, actually, those are pretty much the only like real hard concrete things that I had to like, hmm, what should I get for this? And really, what, when it came down to the Sterling, it was just on sale at the time. And I mean, it's it's a great microphone. But and I, and I did I did look stuff up. But then, of course, I had to get the you know, I don't know what these things are called when it comes to like cords and stands and stuff. What is that called? Aug- like auxiliary stuff? You, you have a microphone stand and I an got a XLR microphone stand cord. And, a, and, a, and the, the, of course, the XLR cord for the microphone. And, the, and then you bought new them. headphones as well because your old Sennheisers broke. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. My Sennheisers. I miss them those, so much. Those, those were beautiful. My old beautiful Sennheisers. Headphones. But this is a Sennheiser. These headphones are Sennheiser as well. They're uh, the Sennheiser HD 280 Pro. I mean, it's just standard uh, standard uh, recording headphones. You get, you're wearing yeah. Shure's right yeah, now. Yeah, Shure, Shure 440s. I I uh, tested some Shure 440s and some Sony. Oh man, I forget what kind of, kind of Sony's they were. The Sony's are a pretty standard. Um, headphone that you'll find in any studio yeah. setting. Yep. it's it's a pretty like like baseline studio recording yeah. he- headphones. And I liked the, it's um, with red and blue for left and right. Yep. I, I liked, um, the, 
depth of sound that I got with the Shures. It was a, it had a little bit, it, it just sounded like it was a deeper sound when I was listening in the Shures. I can, I, wow. I listened to a couple of songs, uh, with each microphone or with like the same song, a couple of different songs, but with the switching between the headphones. Yeah. And so I went with the Shure 440s and, uh, I also bought the, uh, a replacement pair of the uh, Sure, I think 840s. That's the next one up on the Sure line. Okay. Uh, a replacement pair of the padding because the Sure 440s. It's compatible with your 440s. Yeah, it's the same shape. So, like a replacement pair of the padding, uh, the Sure 440s come with a like a faux leather, and then just kind of like a um, like a silky lining on the inside where your, your ears actually make contact right the the 840s come with a are you um, wearing those right now yeah they come with an actual leather uh padding so it's oh, it, cool. you can tell the difference you can tell oh, it's wow. actually leather wow and then on the inside it's got more of like a high quality felt that's very soft um for awesome. your ears to actually make the mat- contact. it's a material difference yeah and it will it it like noise reduction from the outside is is definitely superior. better. Yeah, superior. And then it is way more comfortable. Awesome. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and that's like a twenty dollar upgrade really... to make the four forties substantially better. Oh, awesome. That's so good. Wow. That's there it is right there. Yeah. Just get four forties with eight what? Eight eighties? With like the eight forty eight eighty, whatever the next lineup uh of sure uh, the padding that they use because yeah. <laughs> you can just pull off the padding and just awesome. slap on the new ones. Yeah. Just, yep. There's the quick fix. And, it, and then if, if something ever happens to them, I've got the 440 paddings in a drawer and I can just re- replace them if, if need be. Yeah. Awesome. Um, for, for, you know, temporary use to where I'd replace the padding back to Of these. course, because those are obviously better. Yeah. Those of you who aren't super into, uh, gear or whatever, just like bear with us. This is, this is pretty fascinating. To us, we're pretty into the things that we record with, but you're just like, get on to the content. We're willing to drop some money to get stuff that we like. I mean, like, like, I'm still like a child. LOL, a child. I'm a 20. You're a man. You're a man. Yes, I'm a man. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I turned 23 in two days. That's crazy. Holy crap. Um, But, uh, oh yeah, so... Getting getting all of these things, basically, a pop filter was included in all that. And a pop filter, basically, what the pop filter's function is, is to connect to the stand, to the mic stand, to uh, and it, and it extends. It has this gooseneck, uh, gooseneck, gooseneck. What is it called? It's a gooseneck. It's it's called a gooseneck. It's like this this uh, this bendable fixture that can adjust to put this. Uh, this like filter it's like a circle with uh like kind of like hosiery it looks like hosiery mesh yeah and it basically goes between your mouth and the microphone to uh soften basically the the t's and the p's and the s's and it, it just softens all of those right. so it's cuts, not as sharp cuts it down yeah yeah absolutely without a pop filter you'd notice those a lot more um Basically, I ordered the pop filter along alongside of all of these other things, and the pop filter was like the order because I had to like basically order it like back order it basically because they didn't have it in stock, and it took uh, it took several months of like 
this is April. You bought it after Christmas. Yep, yep, like late December, early January. And it had been it had been reprocessing the order over and over again. I kept getting emails saying like, your order is processed, like even long after I purchased it. And then finally, it was like, your order's been processed. We actually have this. It's sending to you. We got this. And then I, I finally got it, and now I'm using it. It's awesome. I actually, it, I, saw it, I saw it getting put to use as I said something with a little bit of extra spit behind it. And it just stuck to the pop filter. Thank you, pop filter. Awesome. Um, yeah. So last stuff. bit of follow-up, um, our coasters. Of course. What? What? You, oh my gosh! What talking duo podcast would be without? Yeah, what kind? Of, yeah. What kind of podcast do you think you're listening to? Of course, we're going to talk about the coasters. Yeah. Um. You are actually sitting on a couch with a cup holder now. A different couch from last episode that also had a cup holder because we are downstairs in my house now. Yep. And uh, what was the coaster that I gave you to use that you are not <laughs> using? Yeah. I just basically have a. A Blu-ray sitting next to me. The Incredible Hulk. The Hulk. The Incredible Hulk. What? The Incredible Hulk with Edward Norton. The the original. No, the second one. The one. With the original Edward... one was with Eric Bana. No, That's I like think it's the, the other way around. No, 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 no. Really? Yeah, there was the original one with Eric Bana. Eric. No, the... the original one had like some other guy. Eric Bana ended up in our in our Avengers and. No. The original one? No, that the 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 person in the Avengers playing the Hulk is um, Mark Ruffalo. Mark right. Ruffalo, Eric not Eric ben. Bana. As the original, e- Eric oh, Bana I, was the Hulk. Yep, my bad. Yep, you're right. You're right. You're right. I mean, was it Eric Bana? Yeah, yeah. Okay, he was cool. in Troy. Did huh? you ever see Troy with um, Angelina Jolie's husband, Brad Pitt? Brad Pitt. Oh yeah. Whoops. <laughs> Is that what this world has come to? That we know Brad Pitt. <laughs> Where people are forgetting Brad Pitt's name. <laughs> Never. Yeah. Um, no. So, so that one was like okay, a pretty bad movie with Eric. This Bana. one was. Oh, the one um, with Eric. The, the one. And so, and so they like, they like changed the color of the Hulk to be more of like a realistic green. Right. And and Edward Norton was in it and I think it was reviewed pretty favor- favorably if I remember correctly and um yeah, so that's 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 kind of like what we are left with now with the Hulk. And I think Love that. if I remember correctly, the only reason Edward Norton did not continue to play the Hulk uh or Bruce Banner is um because he wanted some uh, ability to some say in the writing for for huh. the Avengers movies, and they were like, "No, we're not going to give you the ability <laughs> to write." Tell us all about how much of a Marvel like lunatic you are, <laughs> Edward Norton. Oh, I thought you were talking about me. I was like, no, I'm just, I was like, oh, this is going to be a very short description <laughs> of my. No, yeah, it's lunacy. like for real. Like, you want to be a part of the writing process? I mean, not to be like a jerk, but. Right, right, exactly. So they were like, uh, no, sorry. Uh, we'll recast it with Mark Ruffalo and continue to do really well. And Mark Ruffalo will make freaking bank over like five movies or 10 yep. movies or 30 yeah. movies oh, or however, and however many movies they end up making with this. Oh, yeah, for sure. So. Okay, so. We got my coaster. What's your coaster? Uh, my coaster is... 
a Blu-ray of Mission Impossible Three. Um, that is I which which that Mission one. Impossible is that? So there's the first Mission Impossible. It had Philip Seymour Hoffman in it. Oh yeah, that's the Philip Seymour Hoffman one. So the first there's the first one. The second one is the John Woo Mission Impossible. Oh, with the, doves and stuff. Yeah, John Woo directed it. Oh, cool. The third one. Do you know who directed it? Nope. J.J. Abrams. Freaking, oh my goodness! Freaking J.J. Abrams! Wow! I, at least I, I'm I'm ninety percent sure. Not, uh, yeah, Hold I'm on. not surprised. I gotta take my drink off. That of part it. where where Tom Cruise gets like there's like an explosion and Tom Cruise yep. gets launched directed into the car by J.J. Abrams. J.J. Abrams, nice. I was blown away by that effect. I was like, yeah, because the no, it was, I, I think you're thinking of Mission Impossible Four, no, the one I, where they're in Dubai. I I think I think it's definitely three. Where okay. he gets like there's an explosion, and there was like a point that they put in the trailer where he there's an explosion coming from behind him, but he gets launched to the side into a car, and yeah. I was like, "Whoa, is that really how Shockwave works?" Man, I guess so. Can we just take a moment to think about from from like this period of time, from like mid two thousands, early even early two thousands, until like modern day and probably through the next 30 years is there going to be somebody in the entertainment industry more fondly thought of in history than jj abrams jj abrams yeah he's so he's maybe so awesome. maybe like christopher nolan he's not even is like that that same both generation of those guys aren't even close to like retiring no I'm, I'm wondering if there's going to be anybody i thought you were going to go in the tom cruise direction no, I mean, I mean, Tom Cruise is definitely going to be somebody that it's just like, look at the scope of his career. Holy crap. That's amazing. But same with J.J. Abrams. Like, you look at what he did on TV with Alias and with Lost and then with, like, uh, Fringe. Yep, and, Fringe. Uh, I mean, he's an executive producer of so many freaking shows. It's it's incredible. Person of Interest. He did that oh, wow. Alcatraz TV show that was okay and it only lasted a season but like his fail rate is incredibly low and everything he does is interesting and quality it doesn't mean that it's going to be successful but it's good yeah and yeah what what franchises has he had a critical hand in mission impossible star trek star wars star wars holy holy crap like yeah who Doing could stuff. who could ask for a more fantastical career also, than J.J. Okay. Abrams. Let's talk about, I mean, like, for a second, how Cloverfield, yeah, released in January, yeah. known as being, like, a year, the, like, month of flops-ish, right? January, like... Jan- January, February. Yeah, yeah, Cloverfield came you out You usually get some really bad horror movies come out in February. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like horror movies that studios were like, that's not even good enough to come around around Halloween, so we'll just push it to February. Right, ew. Like, but then you also have uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane, which came out recently, and that was like, it's like, okay, I guess no, we're not done with Cloverfield. Yeah, it was received, like, I love I feel that like movie. it was. I feel like it was hardly advertised. And, and 10 Cloverfield Lane? Yeah, like I barely saw anything about it until wow. it was like, a couple weeks out. And then it was like, true. It was like, oh, this is going to be a movie. And you're like, oh, holy crap, that's out of nowhere. One, that is a very good cast. Two, it uh, actually looks interesting and it's February, which is crazy. 
Yeah. And then it was like very favor- favorably received. Uh, yeah, I liked it a lot. Yeah, that was a very good move, Bad Robot. Yeah. Man, J.J. Abrams is just, I don't know, that dude must not sleep. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know how you can have your hands in so many different things. Yeah, so sure. many different things. His TED Talk, listen to it. It's so good. Oh, yeah. We'll put a link in the yep. show notes to his TED Talk where he talks about the mystery box. Yep. That's a TED Talk that I rewatch a couple of times a year just because it's just like yep. his understanding of storytelling and what is important in story. Um, can I go off on a quick, quick tangent yeah. on J.J. Abrams? So Lost, like so many people got so sick of Lost, like never revealing the things. But but the the things that were being withheld, the mystery box, as he talks about in his TED Talk, that is being withheld from the audience is is functioning as a device to further explore the people in the story. Mm. The, the, the loss, the concept of loss is about, we, we go on these plane flights all the time and we sit quietly in our seats and we, we are surrounded by all of these different people, but we don't really know the stories of all of these different people. In the event of the plane crash on Lost, we are thrust into the stories of all of these different people with very different stories, very different backgrounds. And we, we are forced to deal with the good and the bad of each person and really look at each person as a person in the mysteries of the island on lost uh which are never fully explained and a lot of people are very unhappy about the ending of lost because it is just kind of like and that's the way it is and yeah then people were very upset about that but i think they missed the point that the whole point of the freaking tv show was was like the stories of humans like we don't know like we need to think about people's stories and the importance of people's stories experiences and everything yeah and and come to understand the complexities of these people's experiences that make up who they are and the the mysteries of the island on lost the mystery box that jj abrams talks about in his ted talk is is a device to explore the depths of humanity in the TV show. That's what I love about Lost. Mm, mm-hmm. and, and I think Lost, I, I would argue more so than any TV show I've ever seen, explores characters in, in a, like in this deep, deep way that, that you don't, you don't get it because you, you don't get in other TV shows. Like it, it shows you, like background, 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 and then it shows you how they're they're interacting with people in current time. So so you yeah, so it so it just it like thrusts this background at you, and then you see how they're interacting in 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 current time, and you're like, man, I understand why Saeed is reacting like that. Yep, I understand why Charlie is reacting like that. Absolutely, it's their motivation. That's like a you're key getting role all of the character. motivation of the character. Yep. It, it, and no other TV show is able to provide that depth of motivation for each each character. And there's like dozens of characters that it gives you like detailed background motivation on. And you feel like you you like can sympathize and empathize with every single character because you know the depth of their background, even when they're completely at odds with one another. You can sympathize with both sides. Yeah. 
And, and I, I don't know. I think that's, that's why I truly think Lost is just like this masterpiece. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Just masterful, masterful storytelling, I've masterful only seen the first, character development. The first two seasons, one and a half seasons, I think. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely got that. I mean, I, I know that people, of course, will order the seasons in order, in order of their favorites. And surely there might have been a season or two within the total of seven. Right? Seven or eight? Uh, I think six. Six. I think it... Uh, that were yeah. crazy and, and ridiculous. Which is a, a great run for a TV show. Six seasons of a movie, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah, for real. We're waiting on that one. Yeah, waiting on the movie. Yeah. So, um, ooh. I had four minutes of uh, an error response of MIDI not being synced up. I don't know why that keeps popping up. Um, mm. but all my waveforms, uh, no, they're not generating again, but if I click, they appear. So I think we're still good. Okay. Hopefully I have a backup recording. It's been recording the whole time. Cool. Okay. So, okay. So, uh, done with follow up. Let's move into, um, topics. There's two and a half topics that I want to cover real quick as quickly as we can. Um, we'll, we'll leave one of them, um, off to the side. But the first one I want to talk to is talk about is um something that I noticed and I've noticed before and I never really like it's always bothered me, but I've never really talked about it until like the other night. Um but I want to know if you have similarly strong opinions on this. Yeah. So, so I was watching my sister my sister, when she gets home from work, uh, often she works at Applebee's right now. She actually just put in her two weeks notice. But uh, oftentimes when she comes home, she comes home with food. And this particular night, she came home with Chick-fil-A, which is not unusual for her to come home with. And she uh, eats her chicken with honey packets, which is, uh, in my opinion, totally acceptable. Uh, I think that is a delicious choice. Uh, I am a ketchup denier. Anybody that uses ketchup for anything, I think, is abominable. Um, <laughs> but I'm willing to be um, taken to task on that opinion. But uh, I feel even more strongly about the ways in which you open your honey packets and ketchup packets and the barbecue ones that are sauce like flat-ish. Yeah. So, so like the type packets I'm talking about is like so for this honey packet, I think it's Sue B's honey. And it's like, it's like flattish and it's just like a plastic packet and it's like crimped on both ends and both ends have these like jagged triangles sticking up that make it easy to tear through the plastic. Right. So in my opinion, the only, the only acceptable way to open these honey packets is to tear the corner maybe two three triangles into the packet tear the corner rip it off and 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 like completely remove that top corner Just from to the leave packet a tiny little corner so you leave a tiny tiny, tiny little opening or, in the corner and that way you can pour it out my sister on the other hand rips down the middle halfway down the packet Oh wow! And just doesn't even finish it, and, and just and, like just, and just it. and just like kind of squeezes the packet through the middle of the packet. Oh yeah, 
it, it just it I feel like it makes this huge mess and is just totally like an unacceptable way to open a packet. It leaves your it like it leaves much greater potential for dirtying your fingers. Well, but like okay, so so there's two aspects. One, it creates a huge mess, right? And and you get like honey in this example all over the packet itself, and you have a, the potential to get on your fingers on on things that you didn't intend to get honey on. But two, it also leaves you the inability to control where you are placing the honey. So true. Yep. You you tear off the corner. And you can aim it and pile it up on your plate exactly, precisely how you want it to. And you don't create a mess. Right. That's a great point. Yeah, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. I think Is that's that how you, you open packets? Huh? Is that how you open packets? Yeah, that's always my goal. Sometimes it doesn't always come out perfectly. Yeah, occasionally you'll like catch a seam and slide through the entire side of yeah, the Yeah, and you're like, no. You're like, oh, yep. what a failure. And then, well, that means then you just have to dump it all really quick. Yeah, then you just dump it. Yep. Well, I'm glad we see eye to eye. Yep, absolutely. Oh my gosh, absolutely. That's that's just basic, like, practicality, rational. Yeah. Rational uh, porridge. (laughs) (laughs) So that's topic one. Yeah. And we'll blaze through the end of these because we are probably way over time. But topic a half of the two and a half is uh, the Tesla cars. Um, Yep. So uh, Tesla Model 3 just announced. Tesla 3, cool. And um, a very good-looking car. Have you seen anything about that? No, I haven't. I haven't seen an image. So um, starting price, $35,000, which is the most reasonable by far of Tesla cars. And um, it uh, it looks pretty incredible. It's supposed to have 200-mile range and... um, Going to have um, five star crash test ratings in every category. Wow! Just like the previous Teslas tested, um, which which is huge and, and and incredible. I'm a huge fan of Tesla, but the main part of this uh, that I wanted to talk about, and this is why it's a half topic because we're not spending the whole time talking about Tesla, which we will maybe do in the next episode. Um, because I, I know you are interested by Tesla, but don't necessarily know a whole lot about Tesla. I'm looking at an image right now, actually, and it looks so sleek, so beautiful. It reminds me of Are you looking at the matte black one? I'm looking at a blue one. Okay. They make a matte black Tesla three. It is freaking beautiful. Well, looking at it right now. It looks incredible. Yeah, it does. Wow. It's such a sleek car. Oh yeah. But the reason that I wanted to, um bring this up as a half topic is because today my dad texts me and uh, said that in his name, my grandmother pre-ordered him a Tesla. Oh my God. I don't think she's paying for it, but she paid the $1,000 pre-order fee. Does that go toward the payment of the car or is that just a reservation purely? I think it goes towards the total price of, of the model. So like, it's fully refundable until the time that they start building your car, but your car is built specifically to the, um, like the upgrades specification in, in choices that you make about the car. So the base base model is 35,000, but Elon Musk es- estimates that with add-ons and stuff, pe- people's average cost will be more like 42,000. Okay. Somewhere in that range. Okay. Well, yes. Yeah. So, 
so yeah, that thousand dollars is fully refundable. My dad said that that he's in the first three hundred fifty thousand people that have pre-ordered, which is wow. an insane number of pre-orders. Yeah, it is. Oh my it, it blows past every expectation Tesla or anybody had for those number of cars, which I think, uh, and we can talk about that again, maybe next week. But I think that that really points to just um, the fact that a lot of people really want a reliable, safe, electric vehicle that is cool and different and are willing to pay money to get it. I love that. Yep. Yeah. So that's the half topic. We'll go more in depth into Tesla. The final topic, where we'll wrap it up, I know we're running short on time, um, both in our recording time and in your time, because you have to wake up early in the morning because you are substitute teaching. And that is the last topic that I want to talk about is substitute teaching. Substitute teaching. Yes. Okay. So my mother works at uh, a school. She's been a teacher like so much of my life. It's a, it's a charter school. Yep. A charter school. Mm -hmm. She's, she's, uh, working at, yeah, a charter school. She's only worked at Charter schools. I think she, like most of yeah. her career, her teaching career. My dad is also a teacher. And, and, and let me just say, like um, in my experiences on the East Coast, charter schools are viewed as like less adequate schools. Wow. In, my, in my experience, when I was yeah. out in DC, it was like I was like, oh, charter school. Yeah, that's kind of wow. Yeah, but it, it was like more of like an inner city. Like, oh, like I guess I, if I have to, I'll go to a charter school. Wow, which is weird because out here in Arizona. Um, my experience is that the charter schools are, tend to be the ones that test better, are way more exclusive and difficult to get into Yep, and, um, are kind of more prestigious than the, Mm -hmm. um, the other grade schools. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how it's different. Yeah. I don't understand why, why, why that's different East coast to West coast or in between. Yeah, I think here here and and the closer to the West Coast, I think people uh prefer the uh freedom that charter schools have. If charter schools are pretty independent when it comes to like structure and stuff like that and pe- and parents are really attracted to like the structure that a lot of charter schools choose to uh adhere to yeah. when it comes to teaching the students. It's a good point. Yeah, like uh the school that I'm actually subbing at that I got that I like went through the whole application process, all the qualifications and stuff to become a substitute teacher. I am now subbing at this charter school and it's a traditional school. So everything is in rows. Groups are an abomination. (laughs) Students learning in groups, which I actually, whatever, I disagree with that, but (laughs) that's okay. Um, I'm just, uh, I'm just subbing and Loving it. It's money. It's good. It's awesome. It's fun. Uh, and I have learned so much in my uh, exposure to the educational system from kindergarten to eighth grade. I've been subbing pretty regularly since January for the past three months, three or four months. So some cool things that have happened since I've been substituting. Um, I've learned my identity as an authority figure in the education system Mm. of those elementary grades. Uh, I, before subbing, I mean, I have like young sisters. My parents had 
me uh, and my sister, my my older of the three younger sisters that I have, um, pretty close together. I'm 23 almost, and she's 19. And my two younger sisters are nine and seven, and they are, uh, you know, like... So like 11 years between sisters there. Yeah. Yep. And I was... I think 14 when my first of the younger two sisters was born. Yeah. And so I've I had a pretty, that. yeah, I've had a pretty big, uh, pretty good exposure to like youngsters in my conscious life. Yeah. I, and Th- that, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. Like we both have three sisters, but all me and all of my sisters are pretty closely clumped together, mm-hmm. together, like, uh, 89, 90 and, uh, 94. 93 is actually in the Katie was 98. So the biggest gap is five years there. Wow. And, um, yeah, with, with you and your sisters, it's like you and Katie and then, uh, Leah and Lindsay, really young, really young. They're their own separate. They're, they're both, you, it's like clumped together, but with a large gap in between. Yep. Yeah. I'm just thinking that like those having two young, 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 young sisters in my like conscious and like, like the life that I'm, you know, g- going to pretty much end up with as an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, I got the chance to like figure out the psychology of like really young, really young kids. Yeah. And I, th- I feel like that's helped with my uh, subbing career, I guess. Um, but, <laughs> I'm sure it really has. Yeah, for real. Uh, and so uh, I've, a lot of it has been like, I've been subbing for like AIDS which have which kind of go from classroom to classroom among a, a lot of the grades. Yeah. Recently, uh, I had the opportunity to sub for. This is a pretty. This is a pretty cool thing. I recently had the opportunity to sub for uh, a gifted class of junior hires. Cool. Yeah. The it's called Rise. That's the gifted program at this school. I uh, I, I love the names of gifted. Yeah. There's programs. like Gate. And rise and apex. I, I was in apex. 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 I I never. I, I was never. Um. I was never like. I guess tried mm. to uh to like be placed in a in a there, there's gifted like, class. Yeah, I've never fully understood that. There's like a testing that goes. I don't even those, know what it is. Like, yeah, I, I have no idea. Sh- like, like what I'm the, sure I would have qualified. I would have loved it yeah, so much. You, you absolutely would have. Yeah, you're I, you're you're gifted in my eyes, Christian. Thank you. Wow, I and I and I think I was gifted in my parents' eyes too. I just don't know why the the like steps toward getting put in a program like that weren't taken. Whatever. I mean, I enjoyed my my yeah. process nonetheless. I mean, but, when you get to high school, it's all normal. Yeah, anyway. everybody's just like yeah, the same. Whatever. Uh, but I was uh, I was subbing for this rise class, and these are my people. Let me tell you, these are my people. Even if even if uh, it was only like recently in my adult life that I came to the like came to the this like realization of like my own thinking and stuff like that, like mm-hmm. metacognition is what I learned. It's called metacognition, thinking about your thinking, yeah, and just like really really deep stuff. Like what do you know and how do you know you know it? Yep, absolutely, yep. things like that. And I knew that this would be a group. That would that I could appeal to yeah. when it comes to like metacognition. It's the whole stuff. theory of knowledge. Yep. And so I uh, w- like 
coming in that class, I had sub plans and that included like, so the students are learning about, uh, they're, they're, they have their, they're learning about entrepreneur, entrepreneurship. I don't know, entrepreneurism. And they were coming up with a business plan. And my, my, I was tasked with having the kids, uh, draw a picture of their product and then come up with a jingle. And like about Mm. halfway through the process of having them like drop their product, I was like, Oh my gosh, you know what? Um, I'm going to teach you guys about spiral dynamics. <laughs> Sp- <laughs> and spiral dynamics is this sociological uh, like theory, like a structure thing. And uh, for, for time's sake, we will have to go into spiral dynamics on a different Yeah, podcast. absolutely. But spiral dynamics is we, fascinating. We've had, we've had probably a combined 10 hours of conversation on spiral oh, yeah, dynamics. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, but I, I learned about spiral dynamics and it, it changed my thinking. It changed my life, whatever, you know, in a small way. It did not mine. So, right, so yeah. that, that, that is definitely, yeah, like it's, it's, for I, I just find sake, it, we won't go into, into I'll, I'll just give you this little thing. It's a grand model of psychological evolution. Just like chew on that for a second. Um, and I was teaching this to junior hires and they were eating it up. They loved it. They, I was, I was, te- I was so excited to teach them this, and that was part of why they like absorbed it so well because they were like, "Oh, this is obviously something to get excited about." And uh, telling them about it, I was explaining through all of the all of the colors of spiral dynamics. It's a pretty complex like model, but uh, I definitely, uh, I def, I, I got, I got through 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 the thing. And a lot of the questions they, they were asking, they were like, where are we on the, sp- on the spiral on, on this, in this lineup? And I was like, I wouldn't get so caught up on like trying to figure out where you are or trying, like they ever, like it is spread like wildfire among junior high. Poor like, impressionable youth. <laughs> ever since talking, ever since talking about it to the, to that like gifted class, they like all the other, I've been subbing for junior high for the past two days now. I told them about that on Monday and then for the past two days, which has been Wednesday and Thursday, well, actually since Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, but I've been subbing for junior high Wednesday and Thursday, and students have been like, what is this spiral dynamics that I keep hearing about? And so I, uh, I gave the students, a le- like a few of the students, a lesson about it today, a more broad, a broad, broader group of students um, between like, between, you know, like, like average, uh, learning average like learning capabilities to like really really high functioning you know and uh just and it was a broader group and I told them about spiral dynamics and some of the gifted kids chimed in and were like where do you think this class is where do you think you know things like that and I was thinking it can be it it, we can get into a really because spiral dynamics is a way of categorizing societies and individuals and uh I was just I was just definitely taking care to uh, not have them. This is so funny. This is this has very little to do with substitute teaching and a lot to do with spiral dynamics. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> you're kind of tangential yeah. from the yeah. original but, spot. But I, I was just basically telling them like, don't don't use this as a way to like categorize people. Yep, as this or that. It's it's That's more good. important to just kind of understand maybe societies and individuals anyway so let, yeah. I've, I've got some questions for you but but real quick um one i think even though i have massive reservations on anything that is broadly categorizing anything um 
those type of conversations at those type of pivotal moments, yeah. um, especially handled in a way of like, like, I know you're wanting to latch on to this, but don't use this to categorize people and yeah. stuff like that. Uh, man, I think, I think that's those, those type of conversations, young minds are very thirsty for, yep. uh, they want to have those type of conversations. I don't think that schools often facilitate those type of conversations. Oh, absolutely. I think I, 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 think I was very fortunate to have, you know, Mrs. Lounsbury and Mrs. Swinney and, and Mr. Ingwall and, and, uh, all of these various teachers in my life that, that facilitated conversations uh, of depth and substance like that. And uh, I I, I think that there will be a lot of um, junior hires in in that class that look fondly on those conversations because of that. Yeah, absolutely. I know that that, that's definitely making a a life impact. Just some rando sub telling them about this crazy theory of of the connection connection of like historical um, civilizations as well as individuals. This is like sociology, psychology stuff that, that like soft sciences. Yeah. That they're not like, they're not being exposed to like, uh, you know, a ton. And I'm just like bombarding them with this super complex idea. And, and it's so, it's such a great head start. I don't know. Yeah. So let me ask these uh, two questions and then we'll wrap up. I feel, I feel like I'm a renegade substitute teacher. I'm just like <laughs> teaching these things. So one, how did you react to substitute teachers when you were a kid? And how has that affected you as a substitute teacher now? Wow. So that, that's the first question. Yep. Um, and let me just go ahead and ask both of them right up front and I'll let you just talk. Okay, cool. Um, the second question is um, you said that you were kind of affirmed in your authority in, um, in the educational process of these students. I think it's something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, is, yeah. is that accurate? Yep. And so how has that affirmation of your authority as this educational figure, as this adult, because I, th- I think both of us as single men, both with college degrees, both still trying to figure out life. Yeah. I, I, I think in my experience, a lot of times it's like, man, I don't even really feel like an adult. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, like, yeah. How has, has that experience of, literally being the adult in charge of children's educations Mm -hmm. grown your view of yourself in that process. Mm -hmm. So those, those are the two questions you you can answer them together or separately or however you want. For sure. Yeah. I'll go with the easier one. The first one about how has my understanding of subs growing up as a student, uh, impacted how I'm being as a sub right now. Right. Um, that one, I would say, uh, I noticed subs were, um, subs were kind of like, like it was always fun. It was always, it always meant freedom from like the regular structure. From the so, norm. Huh? Freedom from the norm. Freedom from the norm. Yeah. And I could be a little bit more, uh, I could be a little it bit. It usually meant watching videos. Yeah. And like maybe talking a little bit more mm-hmm. and socializing, being a little bit more obnoxious. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, yep. And subs oftentimes seemed a little, I'm not really comparing myself to, to too many subs 
necessarily as I've as I've noticed in the past as much as I am authority figures in the past. So like even though I'm a sub, I'm not really like joining the league of subs as much as I am joining the league of authority figures in children's lives. And uh, something that I've noticed uh, being a student and having being being like a child with authority figures is I've noticed that authority figures oftentimes would rarely, uh, oftentimes would rarely, what's, um, they just... It's the English language, man. Use <laughs> yeah, it however you want. Yeah, for real. Um, authority figures would um, seldom talk to us or treat us like, uh, like regular old humans just like them. It would seem like there was some, uh, some obvious roles... And roles were a very defining thing when it came to like authority figures and kids. It was like, now, now, children. You know, I felt like that was the vibe a lot. And yeah. I've been, I've been really intentional about treating students like humans, using reason, using rationalism when it comes to a lot of their behavior. When kids are being crazy, I'm not going to be like, hey, behave yourselves because I'm an adult and I'm telling you to. Right? Do you find yourself uh, talking to them? Like adults. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm talking to them. I would, I would view it more like talking to them like humans, like just, and and it's not like teachers and authority figures when I was in school didn't talk to us like humans. They would just talk to us as like little humans. Well, yeah. In, in my experience, like with with those three teachers and, and we're talking fourth and fifth grade with, with, with Mrs. Lonsberry and, uh, all of high school with Miss Swinney and uh, junior and senior year with Miss Ringwall. All of them, even at those very different ages, talk to us like a, like humans. Like mm-hmm. that's a very accurate, awesome des- yeah. description of how how you're talking talking with people. And, and and it's interesting that those those ones in particular stick out in my mind. And wow. and. All of them definitely have that component in common. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah, I, and I think, I think honestly, students have gotten used to uh, used to authority figures treating them like little humans, mm-hmm. and so they've kind of fallen fallen into sunk into a role of being a, a little human of sorts. Like, yeah, when it comes to a teacher saying "now, now, class," the kids are now like. <laughs> they have like a little bit more of a... We play the roles yeah. that we are given to play. Absolutely. And, and, and if we're being treated as as humans, as equally human, mm-hmm. then we rise up to that. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, but if we're being treated as like lesser humans, then we, yeah. we almost like play to that. And we're Absolutely. like, we can get away with being... Lesser. Yep. Being like being a child. See, honestly, I feel like, uh, and okay. Yeah. And here's an example. A kid, like a a seventh grade student, um, like falling on the floor from their desk, they're sitting in a seat in their desk and they fall on the floor. They fall on the floor for this weird LOL factor. Some, some like just trying to screw around and be silly, maybe looking for something. Draw a little bit of attention. Yep. Exactly. And I go, what? What? Why are you doing that? And they look at me like, <laughs> right, right, like a little, like a, like a little human, right? Yep. <laughs> and I go, you know, with my eyes, no, not like a little human, like a human, 
we're people here. You're not like, why are you being weird? Why are you being, and I'm not like shaming their weirdness because I love weirdness so much. I'm just kind of acknowledging the, the situation as an adult would in real life. Yep. You're not going to be falling. If on the an floor adult just you. fell down on the floor to kind of draw attention to themselves, yeah, your reaction would be very different from a child. Yep, absolutely. And and students students when when given instructions, they feel they feel like they can just tune out a lot of things. Yeah. And then they they asked me a lot of they asked me a lot of questions that I explained the answer to several times in class, like twice. I like I was like, okay, this is the instruction. Blah blah blah, and then like an, a kid asked blah, about blah, it later, blah. and then I re- explained the ex- the instructions again, blah blah blah, and then like a student just moments okay, later. I'm sorry if I'm watching through rest of development. Every time you say blah 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 blah, blah. Yeah, blah. Yeah, yeah. blah 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 blah's log blog, <laughs> <laughs> um, but the students would ask the same question again, and I and I would go, <laughs> "Are you are you serious? I." I literally just explained that. Oh my goodness. Yep. Um, figure it out. Basically, figure it out. And they'd be like, uh, w- w- wait, what? <laughs> You're not acting like a teacher. And I'm like, no, I know. I'm acting like a person. <laughs> I'm right. acting like a human. You're a person. Like, yes, you have a more difficult time paying attention than I do because you mm-hmm. are young. But you are still a person mm-hmm. and I still said this and you still could have listened, but you didn't. Yeah. And it's a way to teach them the importance of like, come on, bu- come on, buddy. Just yep. listen to what I'm saying. Exactly. That motion. Exactly. Come on, buddy. <laughs> come on. You're welcome to school. Welcome to school. This is where we, uh, this is where we just focus. We just, we just pay attention and focus. Christian, that's not very politically correct. <laughs> I mean, maybe not. I, that's just the way that's just, the way it is, and all roles aside, when you're in school, like when I was in school, like as even in college and stuff, you whether you want to be there or not, you got to play the game. You got to play yeah. the game. And students are creating their own silly little game as like little being treated. And oftentimes it's a result of the system being treated like little humans. Yeah. They're playing this game of little humans. And, and sometimes there's, there's times where you reason where like it's like, man... I can definitely get away with not paying attention right now. And, and you kind of weigh like your, the value of your time of your mental energy. And you're like, I'm just going to risk it. I'm just not going to pay attention. And I totally get that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, but it's, it's almost teaching them like you need to, you need to weigh more accurately what those moments are. Yeah. Yeah. What the consequences are. Yep. Because we're, we're we're all going to have those moments where we decide like man, I'm 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 just to zone go, out. I'm going, I'm going to zone out. I'm not going to tune in. I'm tired. Whatever. Mm-hmm. We all have those moments. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. But but you you almost have to consciously make the decision. Like, is this one of those moments where I want to exercise that freedom as a human yeah. being to just stay in my own head? Yeah, and also I feel like their their attentiveness is underestimated oftentimes. Not maybe not their attentiveness, but their comprehension. Like when I give an instruction, yeah. I'm saying I'm like I'm like giving them this instruction and saying, "Guys, you need to know the importance of this because this is for a grade yeah. and I want it to be this is independent work. You're not supposed to be copying off of each other and blah blah blah." And then like when they just kind of kind of like barely take that instruction and then like then it goes screw around. 
it's like, wait, do you like, do you get it? Do you get what I said? Did that, did what I said get through and like sink in? And like, did you like digest what I said? Yeah. I feel like the digestion process of like authority figures has been greatly like subdued and softened. And I'm just trying to change that. I'm like, so, so let's, let's go ahead and move on to this, the second part. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Do you remember what the second question was? Remind me. Sorry. Um, how has um, the the recognition of yourself uh, as an authority role in the education process uh, with these students um, changed your perception yeah. of yourself? Yep. Essentially, yeah. Um, before subbing, I what I didn't really have. I didn't have like a steady full time gig. I was doing some part time stuff still making money but this is a this is a thing that's like that like grown-ups you know as far as i am concerned like real real life adults are doing as a career and i'm kind of like joining joining alongside them as a as a kind of so-called temp or sub as we're called in the education system but um i it was a it was a it was a pretty good like fast track to like oh okay this is how like adults are functioning and I'm like interacting with adults doing their career. And I, I definitely, um, got to, uh, experience what it was like to pretty much join adults in the workforce. And in the process, I felt, you know, empowerment as a, as an authority figure of students, somebody with something to say, somebody with responsibilities. Yeah. And when you're given responsibilities, you often like rise to the occasion and just like the students that I was talking about, giving them, putting a lot more value in who they are as not only students, but humans. Yeah. I felt like I was given value. So you feel like there's a parallel there in like you are giving the students a role to play that is like asking more of them. And entering yep. into this this workplace environment, you too are being given a role to play that is asking more of you than 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 previously asked. Yeah, even something as simple as like as like your interaction in the hallways with other staff members. Like as you pass a staff member, you smile and say hi. Because or you, you too are a staff member. Yep, absolutely. You smile and say hi. You smile and say good morning. This is how you interact as adults in the workplace, and um. And specifically, like in the classroom, uh, having authority over students, whether it comes whether whether that means uh, like helping helping students with special needs uh, get through an, a specific assignment that the rest of this the rest of the class is just moving at an average pace with the teacher with, and I am giving the students special assistance, or if I'm just leading a whole class on the same wavelength, um, I am relied upon as kind of an anchor for these students. Yeah. As, uh, uh you know, it, it just helped me. I, I had never really been given that crazy of a responsibility until substitute teaching. And it has led me to, um, definitely, uh, I don't like, I don't know. Like it, it's not, it's, it's definitely short of parenting, but it's sure a step. It's a, I don't, I don't know. Like I'm just, it, it, it yeah. it's a data point in in your growth as a human being yeah absolutely and and i Something feel like i'm very point crucial. to and say before 
I started substitute teaching. I was a different person. I was a different per- person. And this has changed me in some tangible ways yeah. in the way that I view myself as an adult. Yeah. It has definitely, like, rolls aside, it has, I would say that it has definitely, like, helped me grow into whatever adult looks like. Uh, like, I've heard it I've heard it said that you, your adulthood is measured by the amount of responsibility you have. You're not a true adult until you are responsible for, for other people and, um, being given the responsibility over people I have and the development of- and the development. Yeah. And definitely specifically the development of other people. It has, yeah, yeah. It's given me like a maturity. I've had to be able to articulate things on the fly Yeah, and, think uh, be more aware of the situation Hmm. than I have had to be in the past it's just yeah I I just I don't really know if I can say like I feel more adult now because what is more adult what is less adult but it's definitely like I'm an adult I'm an adult and this is a confirmation of that (laughs) yeah yeah well Christian you've got to wake up early and we've kept you like an hour and 10 minutes later than uh, I thought we would. It's okay. So it's good stuff. <laughs> you're going to have to wake up early tomorrow Yep. and uh, go substitute teach, but it'll be fun. Yeah. Yep. Subbing again tomorrow. Yeah.